When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. I have a debt to pay to them guys. We're going to win the Stanley Cup for them. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Undefeated Podcast, Podcast, Podcast. Wow. 2-0. Um... We're going to get right into it, break down the games, break down what we've seen so far. But um, look, I know Colorado's coming off a of back and back. I don't, we didn't realize that. I didn't realize that when we were first looking at the schedule. I didn't know if you did. No. Um, but apparently they arrived at 4 a.m. So we had the upper hand on them, but we, you still have to utilize the upper hand. This team has not done this in the past under previous coaches. Much to the fucking ex- extreme frustration of fan of fans, but you see Colorado come back and pour it on. You see what they're made of, what they're capable of. You still find a way to win in Edmonton. I mean, look, this is interesting because we talked about this on the on the the season preview podcast. If you're like. We said the same thing last year. Who's going to score all the goals? Uh, right? Rolling into last season, that was our biggest concern. was not a concern at all, all season long. Rolling into this season, we're still kind of back to that place. Well, we don't know. There's no way that top line is going to recreate what they did because could Chucky, Johnny, and Lindholm even recreated that? No. But we're seeing just two games into the season, so it's still early. But the same theme we saw last season, and we've seen from this team in the past, which is scoring in bunches. You score a bushel against the Oilers in about fucking, what, six minutes? Eight minutes? Yeah, I looked at the clock, and I was like, holy shit, there's still like, what, nine, only nine minutes? Nine minutes was into it, the first or something? Yeah, was was it four when there was five goals in the in the first ten minutes of the game? Yeah. And that's why I'm not, I had zero confidence that we were going to win <laughs> or, you know, I just didn't know what was going to, I didn't think, I didn't necessarily think we were going to lose. I just didn't know because oh. we had two, we had two five goal leads at the playoffs that evaporated pretty damn quick. And this was 10 minutes into the game. Yeah. Oh boy. Did the Sportsnet panel want the Oilers to come back? Holy shit. The flames Dude, played, the so flames pathetic. played probably one of the best first periods they've played like two games in, but that was an excellent first period. Right, score four goals, and what's the talk in the intermission? Oh, 
Can't wait for the Oilers to come back. Holy shit. You score a bushel against Edmonton. You score a bunch against Colorado, you know, in a pretty short time period. So, and if you really strip it back, that's the breaking. That's how you break down those two games. That's how the, the Flames ended up winning. And then they hung on. But it wasn't hanging on for dear no, life. No. The third period last night was excellent. That was probably one of the best solid third period, you know, not giving up much while continuing to generate chances we've seen from, you know, this team in the last, what, two, three seasons. It's one of the best. I mean, they've done it a number of times, but fuck, that was awesome. No, that was awesome, especially against the Oilers, considering, like I said, like everyone's like, oh, they're going to come back. And we have this freaking five. Hey, I don't know if they mentioned it. You might have missed it because they only mentioned about 600 billion times that we lost to them in five games last year. You missed that or not? Yeah, I I think I saw the the Connor McDavid fucking celebrating. Oh, oh, you did, He was so huge and excited that, you know, that would ever happen to him that his face looked like his eyes were going to pop out of his head. Just love watching that 10 times every fucking night. Yeah, this is really fun. It's like a, a Dylan Dubase hits the post. Okay, well, let's watch a replay of a McDavid play from the playoffs last year instead. But um, yeah, it was nice to see them absolutely shut it down in the third period against the Oilers, given our PTSD from the last five games we've played them. Oh, I was... It was interesting. We're up. Was it, we had a four-one lead or a five-one lead against four-one against the Oilers, five-one against the Avs. See, so four-one lead against Edmonton, and part of my mind is like, oh, just holding back yeah. from hopping on the phone, texting, and social <laughs> media. Oh, I know, right? It's so hard, but you have to because you know what could potentially happen. And they did make a game of it, thanks to the fucking atrocious refing. Holy I shit. mean, was the first goal a power play goal that Edmonton scored? Uh, no, that was the CC goal, which was kind of a weird one. But um, the, so, uh, oh yeah, because they only had one power play goal. Yeah, right? they had the McDavid goal. These these penalties, man! Oh my like god, it's it's it, oh, it's unbelievable. The the great thing about the only good thing about it is that we actually have yeah a good team that might be able to fucking fight through. The entire broadcast jerking off the Oilers <laughs> and fucking McDavid and Co. I mean, Ron McClain wants to give McDavid a, a pearl neckbeard. I'm pretty sure he like cry like I don't. Oh man, did you it's, catch it's that? Embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Did you catch that? I sure did. A pearl neckbeard, everybody. Or maybe he wants one from Connor. <laughs> Either way. Either or. Either way, we always know the bro- the broadcast is going to be heavily one-sided because they just can't contain themselves. Um, but not only that, but then the refing, dude, it's like... That's yeah, brutal. Okay, and the Oilers fans in the rink? They, they influence so calls. Sad. It's unreal. Dude, dude they're so, it's so sad. One guy, like, you'll come down and just someone taps. <laughs> it's, like, it's like all they know how to do it's wine. is try and whine their way into getting a call because that's the only way their fucking team can beat us. Well, I watched the Vancouver game where the Oilers came back and it's like, you can tell how these things go. Cause the, you know what? The Oilers suck five on five pretty much, you know, if McDavis on the ice. So it's just like they get caved in and it's like three, nothing. And then it's just game management from the officials. Oh, they're down. Oh, God. Give them power plays automatic goal. It's just insane. Who, 
who was it Coleman? Who got the, Dude, Coleman got the, the hooking penalty? He had one handed. It was was it hooking? They called it. It was unreal. It, it was unreal. He didn't even touch his fucking glove. So I don't understand this anymore because I get it. The hook, stick into the hands has now been called hooking for what seven years now. It's been a while, right? Everybody's adjusted, but you okay? Can you not try and lift a guy's stick from underneath his stick? Below his hands, you're not allowed to do that anymore, and you're not allowed to do it with one hand, dude. It was ridiculous, and you can't even touch him. I guess. Like, give me a fucking break. Even the one before that. Oh, that was, was terrible. It, was it? Was it Lucic? Even Manjas. Yeah. It's like Lucic. Lucic was pathetic. The guy is literally backing into him, the move, and the guy falls, and you're just like cross checking. How many? How bad? This officiating. Want this game to get yeah. even? How fucking bad do they want Oilers comeback right now? Well, and you're that's sit- a, yeah. You're sitting there, and you're like, you got to listen to the jerk off session all night long from the broadcast, and you're mm-hmm. watching the officiating try and fucking make it one sided. It's like, sure, if you want to call the game a certain way, I guess maybe I can feel it. You got to come on here and complain about it just to fucking deal with it. Like, give me a fucking break. That was atrocious. Oh. It's a league-wide problem. It's definitely more towards the Oilers and McDavid, but it's just like it ruins the experience of watching what was a good, should have been a really good game, where it's just like you you know when the penalties are going to be called for your team and you know when the penalties are going to be called against your team, right? It's just oh, yeah. when When the fucking the, the Flames have your by the fucking balls, eh? And it looks like your team's actually kind of pathetic. That's when the fucking, you start getting all the calls. Best team, the best in the league. Uh, it drives it drives me nuts. Though again, like you said, though, thank our penalty kill. Our penalty kill was gr- was great against the Oilers. I don't think they allowed a single high danger chance. I guess you could count McDavid's goal as that, but it was f- from pretty far out. I mean, wide open net, but penalty kill was phenomenal last night. Yeah, I was listening to a bit of the fan, and they said that the, they had the Flames only allowed one high danger chance on the power play, yeah. not including McDavid's goal, which which was, but. Incredible because we that's been a problem for for our team in the past is dealing with that power play, but they did a great job both in entries, even late in the game. Like, okay, well, uh, talk about this late in the game, fucking throw the fourth line out there, but yeah, it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> the possession, right? Is oh, yeah, during our penalty kills was so spot on. Edmonton at times had hard had a hard time getting possession of the puck. Of a masterclass there on, on killing penalties. Yeah. And I mean, even against the Avs, they get the shorthanded goal. It was great. The thing I think that was the most that stood out the most to me for the first two games was the fact that it felt like it felt like they didn't miss a beat from last year, right? Like the Flames didn't miss a beat in terms of what they do, in terms of how they play under Daryl. And I mean, I, I know everybody's been like, you know, Uyghur stole a show in the in the first game against the Avs, and Kadri was awesome oh, last night oh my god dude <laughs> but i mean oh to god. me the thing that i was left like most impressed with was like the guys who were here last year who daryl talks a lot about who those guys in that like 23 to 29 age range who need to take a step this year like they all looked just as good if not better than they were last season anderson's been very good hannafin's been very good lindholm dube manjapani these guys who were here last year like into older guys but coleman and Backlund, the guys who were here and 
know the drill and know how to play Daryl Sutter hockey. Like they didn't miss a beat. Like they looked great. Like I think because it was weird because the days leading up to game one, I was kind of like getting nervous, right? I was kind of like, I was kind of thinking like, man, I wonder if this is going to blow up in our, in Brad's face and the team's face. And we're going to be, you know, like maybe we should have just when Kachuk and Gaudreau left, maybe we should have just gone the rebuild route and tanked for Bedard this year. Right. So I was kind of feeling a bit nervous, like heading into game one being like, I know I'm confident. I think we're good, but I'm not sure. And then they come out in that first period. And that first period against the abs was flames hockey outshot them. I think shots were like 14 to three had the puck the entire period. They were great. That was an excellent first period. Had them ready to go. So I think that's what I'm most impressed with is that even though there has been a shit ton of roster changeover and some guys are still finding their way through two games, it's the it's flames, Daryl Sutter hockey. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, you bring up the, the age range thing. What is it? 20, what to what? He kind of changes it every once in a while. It keeps you on his heels. I think he, he's used, he's been saying like 23 to 29 lately. Yeah. And like you said, the players got the memo, right? And what a, yeah. what a concept coaching because, you know, before Daryl, I can't stop thinking about this because you look at where we are as Flames fans currently and one thing that 99% of the fan base was fucking dead right about was we needed a fucking legitimate coach. We all knew that there was the pen potential was there. It wasn't necessarily the roster. It wasn't the individual players. And what a fucking concept, this age range thing. Like how many times has he brought this up in the last two seasons? Yeah, it's been many, a lot, every few press conferences. And so how many times have you heard it before Daryl? Yeah, never. Never in existence have I ever heard of this concept. And so it's obviously something that he talks to the, the team about. And so if you fall within that age range, there's a clarity of what the expectation is for you. But again, it's another example of coaching. It's not up to, you don't just, it's like this whole thing when fucking everybody was standing up for word and even Galtzen, when he was, it was, it was obvious that that experiment needed to be fucking over is no, like the people that were on the other side of the fence, they were like, Oh no, it's just the players. They need to find they're professionals. They need to find a way to just show up and fucking make it. No, they're fucking young. These are young men. Yeah. Right. It's like a lot of these guys, where, where do they mature in the NHL? That's it. And sometimes it's in the later end of their career. It's like, no, they need coaching every step of the way. And you're seeing the impact on this team and this organization with a fucking legitimate head coach. How big of an impact, oh, impact it's totally. I think I think Hannafin and Anderson to me, and I mean you can maybe start to throw Dubé into that, but I think Hannafin and Anderson are two are the two like perfect examples of this because you know Hannafin's a guy I don't think you know I was never super high on. I was like, hey, I'm not seeing what you know the potential is there, but I'm not seeing it. How good yep. was he last year? How good has he been through the first two games this year? Anderson had the worst career the worst season of like any defenseman I've ever seen in that bubble year under Ward. Yep. And Daryl's guided him back to being a top four defender. So, I mean, they, even, they both looked great against Edmonton. Totally. I thought, well, I thought and Colorado. Yeah. And I think that <laughs> prick man, that D that D 
we'll get to the Edmonton game individually, but that's another thing I just am like, I, I couldn't stop, like, just, I don't know if I was smiling because I was watching the Oilers play and I'm just in a fit of rage most of the time. But it was just like, McDavid, for the most part, that was the least effective I've seen McDavid and Drysaddle in a long time. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, like, I mean, it sure is nice because you looked at the splits, how the centermen played against McDavid. It was pretty equal between Lindholm, Kadri, Backlund. Well, take your pick. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like when Where's you have the those three guys play against him at any given time, it's so, right? and then you have a layer of Uyghur, Tanev, Hannafin, Rasmus, Zadorov, and Stone, who have been underratedly awesome. Yeah. It's just like, shit, I think we got a good team here. Because it was four one, like we said, ten minutes into the game, I'm like, I haven't, not even, I'm not even, wasn't even being a dick. I had not noticed McDavid once yet. Well, the best I noticed him when he was floating on the Manji goal. You see that one? That was sweet. <laughs> he just Manji's potting and he just floats by. It's good. You mentioned it um, last season into the season. Don't even miss a beat, but they do it with a bit of resilience because. You're facing the, the the cup champs. They score in the first shot of the game. We've seen this be a bit of a backbreaker in the past. We've heard all this freaking week about how they haven't won an opener in 28 years. You had fucking Markstrom with there's some question marks around Markstrom after how the season ended, and fucking they bounced back like it was it was nothing. Like that one goal early in the game meant dick all. Came back, dominated the rest of the game. Well, yeah, the rest of the game, but yeah. dominated to get their lead most of that game. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a a five on five clinic for the Flames in the first period, both first periods. And then same can be said against the Oilers, right? The Oilers come back, make it a one goal game. In my head, I'm like, okay, here we go again. Yeah. Oh, we totally. But, but then they they have a response third period, and. <laughs> I mean, this this team is from last year. I don't know if it's necessarily an involvement where we're here or it's an infusement of the new players, you know, the maturity that they bring, or maybe it's both. But, I mean, you're talking about Kadri's impact in game two against the Oilers. <laughs> Dude, I'm – and, you know, you're comparing it because it's just like – Kachuk was a way different than that. And you're looking at how effective that that impact that Kaji brought translated into helping you win the game, not just make it an entertaining game. But, <laughs> dude. Well, dude. Kadri looked unbelievable. He was so two. he was so good. And he he's fit in seamlessly. Like, I think Hubert O's struggled a little bit and he looks a little bit lost out there right now, but we'll talk about that later. But like Kadri has just come in and fit like a glove and not even just with the team and how they play, but just like in terms of what this team has needed for oh. five, six forever, you know? And I think that's the key point, right? Because it was, I found it weird. Like this, the broadcasters were just so hell bent on like this, like, Oh, the battle of Alberta needs a new villain. Now that Kachuk's gone and it's Nazem Kadri and all his antics. I was like, what antics? It's like, right? you know, like the, the defining feat, like everybody seems to think that the Flames needed a guy like Kadri to replace Kachuk's 
grit and Kachuk's what you know his the stuff he does not in play the extracurricular stuff and it was like you know it was, it was interesting because Evander Kane's like start trying to start shit with Kaji right yeah he, he's just like fuck off and then he played a hell of a game and scored two goals he and beat you on the scoreboard beat you on the scoreboard but right like that's what the Flames needed the Flames didn't need a gritty pain in the ass troublemaker to replace Matthew Chuck. The flames have just outside of Matthew Chuck have needed a top six centerman who can make plays skate with the puck and score goals. And boy, did he do that last night, dude, how unreal is it? And maybe we, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because it's we're game two, but you're sitting there, you're watching the game. You have your top line. You got little, you know, is one C, but this is your second center. <laughs> Like he could, he could be a one C on half the teams in the league. That line was so good, but I mean, right. Like you saw it, you saw the goal he scored. You saw the, the play he made that set up, uh, goal. You just saw him doing things that elite centermen do that the flames haven't really had because I, again, like even when Monahan was good, you know, like Monahan back when those two guys aren't really like the kind of center two way centerman that Nazem Kadri is, they don't really carry the puck a lot. Monahan doesn't carry the puck a lot at all. You know, the, the Flames have never really had um, a guy who carries the puck down the middle. And Lindholm doesn't exactly. do that. All the, all the all the puck transition game have usually come from the D or the, or, or like Johnny Gaudreau, he's so good at it. Now you have a guy who's down the middle. And I think Backlund's, you know, he does okay bringing the puck in and out of the zone. But Kadri's just like another level. It's just they finally have a legit center ice in, in that 2C spot. And it's just Oh man, he was so good. Dude, the, he was like, so good, so good. And I, I, you know, you do a good job of kind of breaking it down. Like, yeah, this the speed up the middle. And I mean, you think about it. How is open up Dylan Dubé's game? Correct, right? Dubé looked great. Dubé's been one of those guys where you're just like, hey, well, who's he been paired with? Is everybody and nobody. He's played with outside of that that like twenty game stretch in the bubble where Jeff Ward decided it'd be a great idea to have him play with Kachuk and uh, Lindholm in like a freaking like top on best on best line, which he couldn't handle. But I mean, other than playing with Lindholm with Chuck for 20 games, he's played with what everybody who's not good. I think playing with two guys like Kadri and Mangiapane, who can do a lot of heavy lifting. If he can just develop into a stronger two-way player and do what he's doing right now, which is score goals, then he's going to be a, He's gonna have a breakout season. Well, just if you're Dubé, just let Cadre set set the pace, right, and just keep up to that pace. I mean, Cadre is gonna drive that line totally, and and Dubé can be an excellent addition, an element to Cadre's game. We already know Manjipani will be, but yeah, dude, that line was unbelievable. So, so fast and just a monster on the forecheck and just all over the place, man. It looks and I mean, good. I mean, you're saying like, yeah, the broadcast is, you know, the whole new villain thing with with Kadri, and yeah. you're right, like he he wasn't overt in going to create stuff, but woven into the game still, because I remember fucking he was my in my top three most hated players last season, Kadri right up there with McDavid and Drysaddle. And last year he pissed me off more than McDavid Drysaddle, but because that's McDavid Drysaddle, you, you know they don't take the one and two positions, you know they don't come down from those. But 
he's just he does it differently. He's not like Kachuk. Like you saw it after his his uh his filthy goal against Oilers, how he celebrates up into the face of the crowd, right, you know, right along the glass. He's just these little things, right? I'm sure he was saying shit to Kane. I'm sure he was fucking I'm sure he was being very effective. And it's interesting because, like you said, I don't know what the Oilers game plan was. Going after Uyghur, they're going after Kadri. Yeah. They're trying to start shit, and nobody on the Flames, I mean, like responding in any way. And you're kind of like, okay, where's Lucic? Do somebody do something? I would much rather. I will take this twenty, one hundred, hundred to respond. Did just put up goals. I'll take that every fucking day. Oh, totally. Winning the game at the end of the day is much more important. And it's gonna piss them off. It was funny because once we were up four one, you see any more antics from Edmonton? Kane Probably disappeared. Kane disappeared. Faded into into oblivion after that. <laughs> so I don't know. That'll be an interesting storyline. It's unfortunate with the games with the Oilers, but I don't know. I'm kind of we'll good see. with it. Those games are too hard on me, anyways. It's like I'm actually good to have like three games this year. Cotter's a shit starter. You even saw it with. Uh... In, in uh, the Avalanche game where he drew that penalty but made sure he plowed over the goalie while doing it. And you remember this Remember this play? Yeah. And it, the the camera passed to Coach Bednar on the Avalanche bench. He's just like, he can't help but smile because he knows bullshit. he knows exactly what went down. I, I, I don't want to sit here and like compare him to Kachuk and stuff and be like, oh, I like him better now and shit because, you know, I watched the end of that Buffalo game the other day. And Kachuk's out there starting massive shit. And I said that I was over him a few weeks ago and I still miss that little prick. So I they just do it, they do it differently. And I think just Kadri brings Kadri brings an element of right, he's one. He's one. He brings an element of maturity and knowing what it takes. And I think the fact, you know, like I, I think Kachuk probably would have got into it with Kane if that was the situation and started some Oh, 100%. Massive shit in that first game. Kadri Kadri knew the time and place not to do that. But then what probably happens next, right? Chucky starts shit now. Now it's a heated affair and then probably just motivates the Oilers even more. And then they fucking shit can us. I don't know. It's not to say that's what happened, but but that's what happened in the playoffs. So Exactly. And... Again, on the scoreboard, right? Where did Kadri make his difference? And I'm not saying Matthew Chuck never did, but he kind of disappeared in that playoff series. So. Well, I mean, just the, 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 the 2C factor yeah. that we were talking about, plus the speed. It's just like we needed this so bad. Totally. Um, so I don't know. We'll see how it plays out as the season goes on. But, yeah, that was interesting because the Oilers were trying to start shit that whole entire first period, and the Flames' only response was just to fucking beat them. Just fucking on which was awesome, which was not to get off their game or you know, and I just think they did such a good job against McDavid and you know, serious, like I said, the three C thing too, but the deep man having Uyghur and Tanev and Rastus and Hannafin be your top four is looking pretty good. Dude. Because Mackenzie Uyghur, if if last night was the Cadre show against the Oilers. Mackenzie Weger oh. made his stamp on the Flames in Game One against the Avalanche. Holy shit! Damn, he was so good. 
just he he touched the puck. He had the puck all night. He makes that great play on the opening goal by remember when you're we saying who's gonna score the first goal of the season? How many Brett Ritchie? The only people picking Brett Ritchie were doing it in jest, right? Like that was but that's a sweet goal because you you know like that's huge and that's a great play by Lucic and a good good uh good good on Richie for finding that spot but that all starts with Weger he goes zone to zone with that takes a shot retrieves his own shot attempt and then takes a pretty nifty little route to like he goes between Lucic and the Colorado player both Colorado D follow him behind the net and leave Richie wide open that was all McKenzie Weger right there. And then, I mean, that freaking play he makes on the Rasmus Anderson goal out of the penalty box, he blocks a shot, shin pad to stick to freaking t- frozen rope pass right to Rasmus tape to tape. That was sweet, too. That was one of the sexiest things I've seen in months because you got to go back to last, last season. I mean, that's that's why I fucking... I mean, this, this first opening game, man, was so fucking juicy, hey? You're back. You're back in the. You're back in the dome. Red everywhere. You're wearing those sexy uniforms. You're the, the fucking pyrotechnics are going off all night. You're playing the cup champs. You're fucking kicking their ass. What were the shots at one point? It was just like dude, fourteen to three after the first period. It's like this is fucking unbelievable. This is what we were doing last year. We haven't even missed a fucking beat. Dubé's goal was was awesome. Shorthanded. Well, we and touched then, on Dubé's development, but Daryl has said, you know, like he. He told because Dubé looks stronger, man. And yeah. he's, he 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 was first in fitness testing the second year in a row. Yeah. But I Daryl mentioned it the other night. He's like, we asked him to get like yeah, like bigger. bigger and stronger over the offseason. He's done that and you can see it. Yeah. Bulk up a bit. I mean, the broadcast <laughs> made a good point. You you break that goal down. He had to fight through check, then fight through the linesman mm-hmm. uh without losing any speed, came through. Um Chose to to, sh- I mean, Mangiapane should have shot in the exact same spot against Edmonton. Tried to pass it through a guy to yeah. Dubé, but shoots when you should take the shot. Snipes, that goal was fucking oh, so sexy. <laughs> Dude, that Anderson. I mean, it was funny because the 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 media is asking Daryl, "What do you think about the Anderson goal?" You know, and he's just like, "Well, when's the last? When's do you think we're ever gonna see a fucking?" Defensive breakaway, like fuck, that was hilarious. That was sweet. And Rass, he scored it. Has he scored on a few breakaways? I feel like I've seen him do that move before. Maybe not. I don't know if I've seen him do. Usually he goes shelf. But like no, you said, you don't know. He scored a sweet goal against the Coyotes last year. Like that it wasn't a breakaway, but he dangled everybody and made the same move. He's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you broke down the play leading up to it, but man, that pass. Because, like, Uyghur's fighting through guys, and he knows that if he just takes one step over, he's already looked. He knows he's going to be there. So that pass was unbelievable, and then the finish, dude. Yeah, I, that I, was... I, I mean, the first thought you're thinking is, like, oh, fuck, it's Rasmus Anderson. <laughs> Anybody, I guess maybe... Back. Take, yeah, exactly. Take him over Backlund, but you're like... The fucking just dangles, goes five or five hole. Let's say <laughs> you were like, can you imagine if it was back when we had that breakaway against the Oilers last night? Yeah, well, Carter's breakaway. Yeah, but yeah, fuck, probably into the pass, corner. Eh? Into the corner, but uh, that yeah, and then um, the the power play, I still am not in love with, but they did score two goals, and yep. that freaking Huberto to Lindholm connection on the power oh play my was god, just, dude, was just. 
Whew, that was awesome. Dude. That was funny because I'm freaking out texting you. And you're a sports net or something cut out. Okay? Oh, geez. I didn't even see the goal live. By the way, the Rogers, holy shit. I made the mistake. I did it again. We bought it. It's terrible. It's so bad. Like the boards are always glitching out. That's like it's Rogers Sportsnet now is terrible. It just well, glitches and freezes and logs you. It's unbelievable. Yes, yeah, too bad game center got canceled. So that to fully goal. Every time I see a foot oh, there's been a lot of foot deflection goals so far to start the, the first week in the NHL. There's been a lot. Every time I see one of the highlights, I fucking go right back into PTSD. Yeah, it's weird uh, how they all been allowed too, eh? Every single one of them. They're not even reviewed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that uh Final goal of the game, the yeah, Hubert Odell. We needed that. that. You needed that oh, one. Oh man, you needed that. Horrible. You needed that was the topper of the home opener. And I mean, I think you needed that one because Hubert has been like, yeah, like I said, a little lost five on five, just kind of working into the new system. But that was a flash of like, because I didn't. Did you anybody see that coming? Everybody on planet Earth would have tried to jam that in there, and he's just waits, 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 and then Lindholm with that. I like how Lindholm has that patented thing where he doesn't one-time jam it right like he scoop he he does like the cradle yeah. he just cradles and whips it it's sweet yeah it's a whip although i don't like it on the the pp as much instead of a one-time option yeah apparently the flames will never get the memo to have a one-time option well they did one to defoley and they hit the post he beat the goalie hit the post but yeah, don't try that again. I mean, the power play late again in the game against Edmonton looked unbelievable. Yeah, that one like... stretch. I, I th- and the thing is, did you notice Daryl actually left? He never does this, but he, please God, start. He let the top unit have an extended power play. Because usually you're one and done. And he gave right. him, like, I think a full minute almost. Well, Toffoli was a one time option there. That was the most dangerous chance. Yeah. So hopefully that wasn't a fucking accident. Dude, Michael Stone. Okay, including playoffs dating back to last season, he has 14 points in his last 22 NHL games. Dude, including playoffs dating back to whatever date you threw out there, he's been the fucking MVP of this team. (laughs) The word of a lie. Like, those first two goals, how, like, again, like, because Kadri kind of took over the game after that, but what a story, man. Dude, it's unbelievable. And again... Ryan Pinder, I was right. You were on. <laughs> eh? When we first got him from Arizona, yeah, I'm like way back in the day, he was like, he has a really dangerous shot because he was. He, this is Michael Stone. How he plays? He blasts. He blasts. He blasts. Our PP was struggling hard, and I was like, "Do you think they should try him on PP?" He's like, "No, he never played PP in Arizona. Why would he play PP here? Because he's got a fucking bomb, dude. Why don't they have him set up? Not even at the point. Have him set up on the left." flank and just fire one-timers it doesn't matter where he sets up like the fucker dude when he gets it his, he's wind, he's got such a fast wind up for a slap shot and it's like he's skating 10 feet into it. that's a hardy shoots you see the fucking clock on that thing it's like over it's over 100 miles an hour freaking ray heat seeking missile that thing it's like zadeno chara skates in from the red line with all his momentum has all the time in the world this is in the skills comp Fires at fucking under 100. Michael Stone's fucking getting a quick pass on his back foot, ripping it over 100 miles an hour. Scan steroids? Maybe that's his secret. 
right? That's why I don't know. But like, dude, he's such a threat on the blue line. He's the biggest threat we have on the blue line. And again, I always love defensemen in my own zone that actually want to break up a play with a body check instead yeah, of fucking... totally old school. Yeah. But uh that was so fitting that back on scores the first goal against Did you see did you see plugs. him giving it to them the fans in the front row? No, on a celly? Oh yeah. I missed it. Yeah. All that was remember when the those freaking losers were harassing him and Manji in the elevator? Did you see this clip? I don't know if it's real or if someone dubbed the audio, but did you see this clip? What? It was going around social media of the Oilers apparently coming off. Oh, the ice, okay. So walking. what this is, this is from years ago. Yeah, this oh, is. Okay. So back in Rexall Place, they used to have to walk through the concourse to get to the dressing room. Yeah. And it, it was in the middle of one of their like, I don't know, they had 10 million years where they lost like 70 games. Yeah. Name your season. Yeah, I don't know if it was 13. I don't know. Pick any time between like 1999 and no! 2015. One, two, three, four, five. But yeah, they're just getting the shit boot out of them. It's amazing. Okay, yeah, because I was going around the... Uh, for My first thought was like, this can't be real. Yeah, no, that, that, that's real. It's from, from a long time ago, but it's real. You got to love the Oilers fans. Yeah. Throwing a jersey all, toss. All they can do is count to five. That's yeah. all they. That's all they know how to do. And and again, my whatever I threw out there in preseason rings true again. If you lose, yeah, they berate you. Mm-hmm. When you beat them, they still berate you. Like there's there is no off switch. No. There's no shame. Yeah, they have zero. they have no shame. They're like posting before the game memes about how the, the Flames are scared to play Markstrom and they're gonna light Vladar up, and then their freaking prize offseason goalie gets lit up, and they're just like they don't they have no shame. They have zero shame, and they just go four one four one. Oh, good, you can count. Yeah, just a five though. Just a five. See, it's always up to four to one. That's about it. Or five. They, they can't go any higher. That's all they were taught in school. Okay, we're going to count to five again, everybody. How, how, as while we're on the Oilers thing, how bad is that Wayne Gretzky, Connor McDavid, MGM commercial? Dude, could you get any more cringe? No, Wayne Shouldn't Gretzky. Shouldn't you be golfing? Oh. <sighs> At least Gretz was okay for the first half, and then McConnor just McDavid is it. McDavid is the cringiest pro athlete oh, of all time. Of all time, like it's true, he's so bad. He's gonna go down as one of the top ten athletes of all time for their sport, and will forever be the cringiest. It's just brutal for eternity. Not to mention he's fucking butt ugly, but yeah. I don't know if we've mentioned that before. Yeah, probably probably not. It's probably the first time. <laughs> Dude, you called it. Who, who's the demon that lo- fucking just absolutely gave Kadri a wide open lane? Like, who was that? Oh, it's Brett Kulak, our old pal. Oh, cool. broke his doing ankle us, there. Doing us a favor, eh? We Still a flame at heart. Forgot how to skate backwards, yeah. eh, Brett? I guess the other thing we didn't talk about is Vladar was really good. Yep. Skinner was really good. When he, oh, Skinner was Skinner was freaking awesome. Dude, two goaltenders in the third period. That was a clinic, dude. 
Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you are in for a great season. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on any team and get 200 bucks in free bets if they win. You can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. You can combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win in their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Um, no, he he was really good. Like the flames, the flames press hard, and I mean they hit a few posts too, so he had a bit of luck. But yeah, you know, he was he was really good. But Vladar Vladar made the say like, and that's the other thing. Everyone was like, oh, he's not starting Markstrom because because it's the Oilers. And I mean, you know what? Like if I, knowing Daryl, I kind of think that might have actually been part of it. Um, he would never say that publicly. He wanted to downplay it as much as he, he could, but he does like he part of his methodology with net miners is playing like not playing guys who they haven't had success against. I mean, I've heard him talk about that before. So, um, well, that's what they do in baseball. Yeah. Like, why would you? So I, I'm not like thinking, Oh, J-, and did you see Markstrom's pressers from dude. the day before? Like, dude, dude, dude is like, if you're worried about Markstrom, I, 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 I don't know what to tell you. I'm not worried about Markstrom. So I thought it was a great move. Daryl says he wants to give Ladar into a game a week this year, which is awesome. I thought it was awesome getting him in right away. Yeah. This dumb bullshit of like, hey, let's, because if you wait, you're going to wait forever, right? It's like, well, we have to play Markstrom against yeah. the Oilers. And it's the next Remember game. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Wait like 30 games. It's just like, you can't, you have to put him in on schedule. So make a schedule and stick to it. So I'm glad to see him getting him in early and he like dude did he not earn a start of the first two games in preseason he was the best player on the team by a freaking mile so good call by daryl and he was great do you want to put that uh markstrom clip in there Getting oh yeah fucking grilled by the media i'm gonna put it in right here that way like two statement games right off the top to start the season or no two points yesterday and then we play for two points tomorrow they've been talking in the room about you know not letting what happened last year for the team where they opened the game up a little too much has that been talk in the room at all no i think uh more reporters and media who dwell in the past Ooh, uh, you've been pretty open about the frustration of the yeah. second round we'll last year in the playoffs will that be in the back of your mind tomorrow as you face the oilers again game two of a new season <laughs> media who dwell in the past dude dude just let's fucking stares him down too eh? see that is a his, dude if you're looking at the clips it's on both the social medias but yeah Markstrom eye, Markstrom's eyes look like they're gonna pop right out of his fucking head, especially when he stares down for uh, Francis. Fucking fantastic! Yeah, that was great. I like that side of Markstrom. Yeah, give me more of that, please. Yeah, that was awesome. So Kadri has the money goal of Mangiapane, our boy. How cool is it? You're watching Mangiapane. I know. Scores goal. <laughs> like, yeah, we just talked to this motherfucker. Yeah, I was like, there's my freaking buddy. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah, we just had him on. Hey, yeah, yeah. that was go. sweet. This is fucking awesome. Yeah, that line has impressed me so much. And again, like you know what Monge is gonna do, but I I just maybe kind of forgot how good Kadri was. Cause you know what? Like, man, he's good. Well, I don't even know if I knew exactly how good he was, yeah, but I, fuck, man. Like shit. At, I, at this point, you're like, when is that gonna become the top line? Right. Oh, totally, because the top line has been lackluster to say the best at five on five. 
And okay, I mean, well, I don't mean it's like, yeah, let's get into the top one. Let's get into it because thoughts on the first two games. I mean, hey, it's early. We're not going to spend too much time breaking this stuff down. But what are your thoughts on the top line? Because like you said, outside of the a couple of power plays, mostly in game one, you haven't seen much. You haven't seen much. Yeah. It looks like a guy who is playing, who's played his first two games on a new team in Huberto. It looks like a guy who has two new line mates who are very different from his old line mates in Lindholm. And it looks like a guy in Toffoli who I'm not sure about Toffoli, actually. Well, dude, he's getting chances. I mean, because he, he's getting oh, fed. Yeah. Like, he's Hubie get, is feeding this but guy. But there's a, there a few feeds he hasn't been ready for. No. A few in the game one. Like, there was a first shift where Huberto came out gangbusters and gave him, like, 15 oh, passes. Yeah. It was like, here, take it. Score. To, oh, you missed. Here's another one. Take another one. Take another one. Take another one. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm not worried about Huberto because we've seen, like, I think he was pretty invisible against the Oilers when it wasn't the power play. But you saw against the Avs his skill and what he's capable of. And if you're worried about a guy who scored 115 points last year and set the NHL record for assists by a left winger, you're nuts. He's going to be fine, but he definitely, there's definitely looks like there's an adjustment period to playing how, how Daryl wants him to play individually and how he fits with how this team plays as a whole too. So I'm sure I thought, I thought a while. I've thought Hubie's looked good. I feel like Toffoli is kind of in the anchor on that line so far, but I feel like, Toffoli might just snap right into it too. Like if they, once him and Hubie kind of get a sense and a feel for each yeah. other, because the feeding is not going to stop. But this guy can distribute the puck. I mean, he, the way he distributes the puck is no, it's completely different from how Johnny Gaudreau does or did, right? Johnny comes down on the 0 and 3 Blue Jackets. You don't know what he's going to do. And then as soon as he cuts to the middle, now he's got all his options open. And Johnny's kind of like the guy where he waits until the very, 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 very last moment and then dishes it to the guy all alone in front. Whereas Hubie's like, he's he's finding these seams. There's a few on the power play against Edmonton. You're like, holy fuck. Like, remember that little uh, skills competition thing where the Sedins just fucking <laughs> annihilated it, where it's like they're shooting into those nets that are the size of a puck from like, all the way across the ice. Dude, he's like finding these little tiny seams, cross ice creases, cross ice passes. I mean, they're like, there was zero room on a way to get through. Like he's, he's actually impressed yeah, me the way he's he, distributing. It's, it's kind of like he forces a pass. Whereas like most people you'd look at that and be like, that was a forced pass that you shouldn't yeah, have made. They but got, it's like, they got turned over. But he gets it through. He gets it through. Yeah. That's what I've seen so far from him. Um, And I, I do think, Toffoli is going to either have to figure it out and start burying shit because he's getting a lot of chances, man. Um, but he might just be a bit of an anchor. We'll see on that top line. Yeah, I think maybe like, I don't know, like obviously you notice a difference not having Kachuk, a guy like Kachuk on that top line, I think, because, you know, like you were doing Goudreau do a lot of the same things. But, you know, having a guy like Kachuk, who that's why I think that line worked so well together last year. Not so well. That's why I think that line dominated last year was because of the addition of Chuck, a guy who is so good along the boards and is so good at maintaining possession in the offensive zone, just like keeping plays alive in the corner and everywhere in the offensive zone. So you, you don't have that element from a guy like Toffoli. That's why I've always been like, okay, maybe a guy like Manji Yapani would be a better fit up there if you're trying to have a more dominant first line. But yep. um, 
we'll, well see. If... It's been two. It's been two games, and you know Huberto's going to be fine. You know Lindholm's going to be fine. It's just a matter of like if Foley can come make it work. Well, you hope that he does, because that line would be fucking money. Yeah, but and to I mean, fully, like if to fully plays the entire season on that top line, I don't see how. He, there's no way he doesn't score twenty goals. Oh yeah, it's probably like. You know, maybe Galaxy brightening it a bit. It's like Toffoli's a good finisher. Huberto is one of the best passers in the world. So, yeah, it's a fit. Yeah. We just haven't seen a lot of chemistry yeah. outside of some sick power play. But, you know, if Toffoli doesn't work, I agree. Just put Monge up there and then maybe Coleman needs to go up to the second line because Toffoli, yeah, Toffoli yeah. with Kadri and Dubé, I don't know what that either. Okay, I keep Fully. forgetting about the Coleman line because it's like, man, it's just like, oh, dude, rolling those three lines oh. out is like, and I again, I thought the first line kind of, I don't know if they were invisible, but they they were kind of invisible five on five against the others, but like those two, those the two three lines were great, and the fourth line was phenomenal too. Actually. Right, there was one moment I think in the third period, deep into the game, where it's just like McDavid can't get anything going. And like, oh yeah, here comes the fucking third line shutdown line. Here comes Blake Coleman and Michael Backlund. Yeah, have fun with that. We'll have fun with that line. <laughs> it's like finally yeah. you, could, you could utilize Backlund in that three C. Totally asking for that forever. Yeah, they just what, came. They just came in waves. It was awesome. What was your thoughts on on Daryl rolling out the fourth line? Because they did. There was one shift. Oh yeah, fucking dominated. They just but, hemmed him in for like two minutes. It felt like. Yeah, but then he had him right back out there, and it was it was a different story after that. But oh, yeah, he, had, he was yeah. playing them late in the game, dude. It scared me. I I think there was like a minute fifty on the clock, like one goal game, and Richie Lewis and or Richie yeah. Rooney and Lucic were out there, and it did definitely scared me. But yeah, I mean, I think Brett Richie had like a ninety six expected goal for to share last night. Like it's just nuts. So um, no, they've been good. I mean. Lucci, you know you're gonna get a Lucci. You know you're gonna get a Richie. I thought Rooney's been fine. At least he's fast. Um, you know, I, like I like Trevor Lewis, but I do think that line would definitely benefit from a stronger, you know, a stronger third to Backlund and Coleman. So, yeah, yeah. There was one shift against Edmonton where that fourth line, they uh, I think it was in the third period. They kind of set the tone. They just fucking got the pucks in deep and was cycling and throwing bodies around and. Just like, yeah, dude, this is fucking excellent. Yeah, because it was like maybe Daryl was sitting there looking at ice time, right? Because everybody's doing heavy lifting. You throw them out there, got the freshest legs. They were really good in the third period. Yeah, they were really good. He's he does that before the fresh leg things for sure. Um, and I mean, people complain about it because sometimes I I remember there was a game last year where he had done that. Remember, I think he had the Lewis Lucic Richie line out, and they got scored on late in the game. Um, but yeah, he's known to do that. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're just kind of talking about individual guys. We've talked about Stone for sure, but I thought Zadorov's had a couple. Of, you 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 pointed this out too. Zadorov's had yep. a couple of really solid games. Yep. Low, Dude, across low. the board, I think everybody's been like just solid. Like, sure, Huberto hasn't found his level through two games yet. Toffoli hasn't clicked with him yet but that's about it everybody else has been like yeah they've been really good no so we got vegas buffalo carolina this week the vegas is going to be a good test i mean yeah. the, Col- the colorado they came in a little bit tired obviously um but it's still colorado so it's a big win 
Oilers, fuck. That was great. I think Vegas is, what are they, 3-0? Dude, they're looking good. Jack Eichel's looking good, man. It'll be cool to see how we match up if we end up beating them. Like, how cool would it be if we dominate them, dude? Well, I, yeah, I always like playing Vegas because, well, not like, I always am curious to see how the Flames fare against Vegas because yeah. Daryl always talks about them as a team. That's yeah. like a prototype to winning. They're big, they're strong down the middle, and I mean, maybe not so much anymore, but they have a great D, and they're still big and really tough to play against. So they're 3-0, they're rolling, and they're still, to me, a really good team despite everybody forgetting how good they were because they sucked last year. So I freak man. Is that on home? Yeah, that's on home ice, right? Yeah. Okay. We usually fare okay against someone home ice, but yeah, it's true. We suck in Vegas. <laughs> we haven't won in Vegas yet. Still haven't pretty sure. Oh boy. So, okay. And then you got Buffalo. They're one and one. I don't think anybody's picking them to be a, can do much this season, so that's a must-win game. Yeah, you got to win that one. Carolina's 2-0. Carolina's good. They look pretty good. Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah it's going to be going to be a it's going to be a telling week. But if they play, if they play like they played in the first two games, then oh, you're going to win more often than not. Yeah, we'll be happy. All right, man. Anything else you want to cover? Uh, the Wranglers played their first game today. Did you go? Uh, no, I watched it. I was gonna go, but then there weren't any like good seats left, so it seemed, it was like a sellout almost. So, um, it was kind of fun to watch. Like AHL hockey is a different beast. There's a lot of mistakes, so the games are high scoring. It was feisty. Matt Phillips, they lost six five. They they didn't play very good in the first period. They sucked. Dustin Wolf was great. Phillips looked good. Had a goal. He have two goals. He had two goals. He looked good. Um. The Jeremy Poirier looked really. I know he's a bit of a. Every time he's on the ice, it's a bit of an de- adventure defensively. But he looked. He was fun to watch. So, I think they're a fun little team to watch this year. I'll I'll get to a few games this year. What, sure. what was the score in the game? Six five. Four. Coachella Valley. They lost overtime. They lost. No, they were down like five one at one point. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, like you said, it's still super early, but man, have we seen some good stuff uh, in the first few games of the season? Um, again, I'm not like super excited over here, but I'm pretty impressed. With what I'm so I'm super impressed. You just beat the Stanley Cup champion, and like probably the two teams who everybody would say are the best in the West, even though I wouldn't say that. But Stanley Cup champion and your rival who just kicked your ass in the playoffs, and you beat them both pretty convincingly. I thought. Yeah. And I mean, the best part about what the week is, you heard it here on the, on the start of the podcast. We're fucking, I was actually mad about something again, eh? The fucking broadcast and the jerk off session. And it feels good to have the passion flowing through the veins again. Cushion, cushion is a pillow with feathers, right? You know, for everyone that thought I was a liability in the playoffs, you can kiss my ass.